Welcome to Rom Commentary. I'm Kendall. And I'm Haley. We're cousins, friends, and rom-com superfans. While we have very different experiences with this genre, we both love it and want to take the rom-com seriously in a way it often isn't. We're using our backgrounds in film and theater analysis to break down these movies. So without further ado, let's get into this week's rom-com. This week, we are talking about the Adam Sandler classic, Fifty First Dates. It's a movie. And, you know, that's so true when you say that. When I say it, I'm not lying. It was over an hour of content that Uh stands alone. So, that's a movie. It's a movie. (laughs) Yeah, let's talk about it. This is a rom-com for sure, and it it applies to us here on this podcast. We're going to talk about it. We definitely have opinions. Yes, I know that we're kind of on the same page, mm-hmm. and we haven't talked about it yet, so no. it's it's just interesting. This will be fun. Okay, mm-hmm. Fifty First Dates released in 2004, mm-hmm. February 13th, 2004. So this was totally targeting... A Valentine's movie. Yeah, hitting that market. Which makes sense to me. For sure. This movie is rated PG-13, has a runtime of one hour and 36 minutes, and here is the premise or synopsis, if you will. Henry Roth is a man afraid of commitment until he meets the beautiful Lucy. They hit it off, and Henry thinks he's finally found the girl of his dreams, until discovering she has short-term memory loss and forgets him the next day. Yeah, that, I think that that pretty well sums it up. That gives you the the starting point, and then from there, there's love. (laughs) There is love. Yeah. Written by George Wing and directed by Peter Seagal. Peter Segal also directed Get Smart, Second Act, and more movies. It's mostly directed comedy, but Get Smart and Second Act seemed like the ones that were relevant to mention Mm -hmm. for our rom-com universe. The movie stars Drew Barrymore and Adam Sandler, had a budget of $75 million and a gross of $120.9 million domestic and $198.4 million worldwide. Good numbers. Yeah. Yeah, impressive numbers. Rotten Tomatoes, 45% critic, 65% audience. Again, pretty good Rotten Tomatoes numbers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're looking good so far. Let's go into the landscape. A couple weeks ago, we talked about The Princess Diaries 2, which took mm-hmm. which took place. I don't know if it took place, but it was also from 2004. So these are the same movies. Number one, Shrek 2. Two, Spider-Man 2. Three, The Passion of the Christ. Four, Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban. Five, The Incredibles. Six, The Day After Tomorrow. Seven, The Born Supremacy. Eight, Shark Tale. Nine, The Polar Express. 10, National Treasure, and then we go down to 15, and we have 50 First Dates. It's up there. It is up there, yeah. And then further down the list, I'll share some more. We have 23 is Princess Diaries 2, which we covered. Mm -hmm. 25, Along Came Polly. 26, Mean Girls. 57, 13 going on 30. That shocks me. 58, Shall We Dance. 62, A Cinderella Story. 75, Raising Helen. Those are kind of the rom-coms worth mentioning. I'm shocked that 13 Going on 30 is at 57 and that this movie is at 15. However, I know exactly why, and we will talk about it. Yeah. Because exactly why is the male element here, which we've talked about before and we're really going to dig into. Yes, and I also think that something that this movie has going for it is that it was released on February 13th. Oh, absolutely. Like, a rom-com is going to perform better at the box office released in February. Totally. And I think that, I'm I'm so curious, and I wish I had done it, what are the release dates of these other rom-coms? Mm-hmm. I don't know, but I, I think that that would paint a pretty clear picture for us. Yeah. 
it's we're this will come out later, but we're recording this the week of Valentine's Day, mm-hmm. and it's interesting because there are rom coms coming out now, mm-hmm. and neither of us could find the right movies. But I saw a TikTok that said we had three rom coms coming out this weekend. Yeah, which is crazy if it's true. We couldn't figure it out. Yeah, I mean, I saw that you sent that yeah. TikTok to me, and I was like, okay, what are they? One is Your Place or Mine, which mm-hmm. is the Reese Witherspoon Ashton Kutcher one, mm-hmm. which I'm excited to watch. Me too. The other ones I think I guessed were. Somebody that I used to know or somebody mm-hmm. you used to know. It's Alison Brie, Dave Franco. They made it. However, I looked at that and I said to you, I don't get rom-com vibes from it. They're yeah. saying it's a rom-com. That's what they're telling us. But I'm doubtful of that. I'm hopeful because I love a rom-com, but I don't think it's going to be traditional. I don't think it's going to be Renaissance era feel. I mm-hmm. don't know for sure what it's going to be. Yeah. Yeah. Which is interesting to bring that up talking about this movie mm-hmm. because this to me, and we'll discuss this I think a lot in depth, does this movie fit in the rom-com genre? Yes, because it tells us it does, and it has romance and has comedy. So it's mm-hmm. like, we did 10 years, and we made that stretch to fit. So this Absolutely. clearly fits. However, I'm, yeah, I question that. Yeah. I question it for a couple reasons that'll totally get broken down as we talk. Some of the other movies of this time, we had in 2003, How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days, Bend It Like Beckham, What a Girl Wants, Under the Tuscan Sun, Love Actually, Something's Gotta Give. And then 2004, so the same year as this movie, we have Chasing Liberty, Win a Date with Tad Hamilton, Along Came Polly, 51st Dates, this movie that we're covering today, Confessions of a Teenage Drama Queen, The Prince and Me, 13 Going on 30, Raising Helen, The Notebook, Before Sunset, A Cinderella Story, Wimbledon, First Daughter, Bridget Jones, The Edge of Reason. Mm -hmm. Those are all of our movies that we have this year. Trends of the time and the period I kind of mentioned before when we did Princess Diaries 2, youth, Mm -hmm. the quirky girl trope, Europe, and media for young girls. Those are kind of the themes of this era. The other theme that we've talked about before is the male-led rom-com, because we saw that in 2005 with Hitch, Fever Pitch, Wedding Crashers, a couple other ones in there, right? Like, there's a handful of male-led rom-coms. This is one of them. Yeah. Fever Pitch and Hitch are two that I've pointed to as examples of that. Mm-hmm. that I really love. Love. We know that from our Fever Pitch episode. We haven't done Hitch yet, but I'm sure we will. And mm-hmm. I I love that movie. It's one that I've gone back to many times. This movie is a male-led or male-centered rom-com that mm-hmm. doesn't have the same effect for me. And that's kind of my main issue with the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Let's get into our questions. Mm-hmm. How did you experience this movie? I believe... And I don't know exactly whose 13th birthday it was, but I believe I watched this at a 13th birthday party. That makes me so upset because you didn't watch 13 Going on 30, which was the same year, like we just said. Like, uh, if I'm not mistaken, it was like, uh, I think it was like towards the end of the school year, so it would have been like May, early June. Okay. And this had, like, just come out on DVD and was at the Redbox. Oh, interesting. Is, like, my memory of it, but I can't tell you anyone who was present. <laughs> okay. But you have a memory. Uh-huh. For me, I, again, this is one I didn't see in the theater, which mm-hmm. actually, it kind of makes sense because this was 2004. It was a little yeah. bit early for me to be going to the theater all the time, like I did. But I saw this at home Within the last, like, five to ten years, I think, mm-hmm. I had already seen all the other rom-coms, pretty much. This yes. was, like, one of the last ones I hadn't seen yet, and it was one that came up a lot. It was mentioned, I would hear the name, I would see it come up on lists, mm-hmm. all of that. It was always on on demand or whatever. 
it was a gap in my rom-com viewing knowledge, history, whatever. I watched it for the first time. I didn't love it. And mm-hmm. I think the reason it took me a long time to watch it was it's Adam Sandler. And I had seen him enough in other things, I guess, to know that he wasn't my cup of tea. Mm-hmm. And that's why I didn't love it. You know, like, it's not my type of comedy. Absolutely. And I think that that is a sticking point for this movie. And mm-hmm. as we get into our next question, did you like it? Mm, not really. I also didn't like it. Mm-hmm. But I didn't have the feeling... Often when we do this podcast and I watch a movie and I say that I didn't like it, it's so easy and tangible for me to be like, I didn't like it and I'm right because here are all of the things that make this an objectively bad movie. Mm -hmm. I didn't off the bat have those ready with this movie. Okay. I had to, there's a few Mm -hmm. for sure, but I had to sit and think a little bit more about why I didn't like this movie. I had a couple really clear things that popped for me watching Mm -hmm. it of why I didn't like it. One of them that I'll point out now, and then the rest of them will just come as we keep talking, but Mm -hmm. one of them was I felt kind of like I was locked out of the love story because she is locked out of the love story. Mm -hmm. The premise of the movie is she forgets every day. So every Mm -hmm. day she has to re-meet him and re-fall in love with him. Yes. So she starts over every you know, a couple minutes in the movie mm-hmm. every day for her, but every couple minutes for us, we're seeing it start all over again. So I can never get into it enough because she's not able to get into it. She's not mm-hmm. able to fully get into the relationship and into the love story because of the setup of the movie, right? Like mm-hmm. it's set in there. These are the rules of the universe. So I can't get in. She can't get in. I can't get in because nice. she's my window in, mm-hmm. right? She's the girl. She's who I relate to. She's the blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. As a rom-com viewer, there are certain things you expect and certain ways in that you have that are consistent for you. Mm-hmm. You don't have that here. That makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah. And I think that that might be part of my problem as well. Yeah. That was the thing that just popped in my head as I was watching it. I was like, she can't get into it. I can't get into it. I think that's part of my big problem. The mm-hmm. other big problem is just that Adam Sandler's comedy isn't my kind of comedy. Yes. And it's hard to get over. It's hard to look past. His comedy is so big and so Mm -hmm. in your face Mm -hmm. and so specific Mm -hmm. that you can't ignore it. You can't tune it out. You can't set it aside. You have to be okay with it. Yes. Like in talking about iconic things, Mm -hmm. I have it listed that it is Adam Sandler because Mm -hmm. that to me is almost a genre of its own at this point. Yeah. And there's something about that that I think is cool and that I appreciate. Mm -hmm. I really like that Adam Sandler has made rom-coms. I think that's Mm -hmm. cool. Like, hell yeah, Yeah. you're part of our club. Thank you. Yes. I, you're not in my specific Mm rom-com club, but you're in the rom-com club. Yes. And I'm happy that you're here. I've said it, I feel like I've said it so many times where I talk about like uppercase rom or uppercase Mm -hmm. com. Yeah. This is a comedy with romance to me. Yeah. Yeah. It is A comedy first, and there's totally a place for that, Mm -hmm. but I prefer a romance first movie that has funny dialogue, is my ideal rom-com personally. Yeah, there's different types of rom-coms that we've talked about, and it's, there's some where the writing is really consistent throughout. It's just kind of humorous little writing, like, Mm -hmm. all the way through. I think Princess Diaries 2, 27 Dresses, Mm -hmm. both of those are examples of, it's just all the lines are pretty intentional, and they're all a little bit comedy, a little bit funny. They make mm-hmm. you smile, whatever. Part of the problem that I had with the movie, too, and I think this is the same point you're making, is 
this does feel like a comedy with romance. Mm -hmm. And in reading and doing some research for the movie, I saw that one of the trivia things on IMDb was it has similarities to Groundhog's Day, the romantic comedy, to which I thought to myself, what? Since when is Groundhog Day a romantic comedy? Mm -hmm. And I get that how they make that jump with calling it that and okay, whatever, but I disagree. I don't think it's a romantic comedy. I saw it once a long time ago. It's a good movie, but it's been a long time since I've seen it. And I do remember, though, when I watched it, I was very young and I loved rom-coms at that mm-hmm. point in time already. And there were a lot of elements of that movie that felt like um, sexist and misogynistic and not cool with me yeah. as a woman and as like a young girl, as a feminist, all of that. I was uh-huh. like, ooh, yikes. So they say this movie, Fifty First Dates, has mm-hmm. similarities to that movie, which it does. Yes. So this is a rom-com for People mm-hmm. that don't really love the rom-com and don't come to the rom-com all the time are yes. less frequent guests, right? Mm-hmm. This is a rom-com for those people that they would say, oh, yeah, that's a rom-com. Like, I like that rom-com. Mm-hmm. And we would be like, that's not really a rom-com. Like, that's not really, like, fully what we're talking about. It doesn't feel like it's in the same world. Yeah. They're like a they're like a next-door neighbor. Mm-hmm. They're not fully in it. What is different to me... And I have Groundhog's Day written down in tropes Mm -hmm. because it's, like, a little bit different than the repeated day, Mm -hmm. but it is the repeated day. Yeah. It's tricky on whether it fits into that trope or not, Mm -hmm. but I have that written down, and to me, Groundhog's Day is a movie that has a romance subplot. Yes. Yeah. It's not a rom-com. Like, it's not a Mm rom-com. This is more of a rom-com than that. Yes. But... It doesn't feel, like, totally like a romantic comedy. I think part of that is, this will come up again later, this feeling of it's a rom-com that's kind of making fun of the rom-com. It's Mm. poking fun at us and, like, looking down at us as rom-com people without Mm -hmm. being fully in it. And I have a whole soapbox moment I'm going to do for you that (laughs) you're going to love. Looking forward to it. Okay, most iconic or quotable line or moment. You already said the big part is just it's Adam Sandler. Mm Mm-hmm. That's kind of the the big thing about it. I have a couple things written down. Mm-hmm. I really liked the line when he couldn't when he was pretending he couldn't read. That mm-hmm. bit is problematic, but I can mm-hmm. look past it. Um, he says pan clocks instead of pancakes, and mm-hmm. I thought that was funny and cute, and I laughed. Mm-hmm. As far as like a touchstone that I could see, you know, someone saying every time that they see this, they mm-hmm. think of this. Um, would be waffles in this movie and the totally. building the waffle cabin. Yeah. Like, I could totally see that being something that someone thinks of often. Yeah. Um, Which is a cute thing. And I could mm-hmm. imagine someone, like, doing that, like, building their own little waffle house like she did in yes. the movie. I could see someone doing that and having fun with it. Like, oh, I'm going to do it like they did in that movie, blah, blah, blah. I'm going to build a waffle house, like, in Fifty First States. Yeah. Very cute. So I have a friend that loves this movie. Okay. This is one of yes. her favorite rom-coms. Yeah. And so I asked her uh-huh. why. And she was like, I just think it's sweet. And mm-hmm. I was like, totally fair. That's, yeah. like, kind of how I feel about any rom-com that's my favorite is mm-hmm. I just, like, it. But then I asked her, like, for a favorite part. Yeah. And she brought up the singing that Drew Barrymore does, though, wouldn't it be nice if we were oh, older? And that mm-hmm. is what she loves about this movie, mm-hmm. is that through line of that song. Yes. Which I feel like that fits under iconic moments. Yeah. The song has meaning behind mm-hmm. it, right? It's a symbol of her actually liking him. Mm-hmm. It's a way that we can definitively see if it worked or not, his yes. plan that day. 
her dad says she only sings the song on the days she meets you. Yes. Really sweet. Really sweet. And I feel like, I, I don't know, it's, it might be rude to say um, about the writing, but I feel like that trope or premise or motif mm-hmm. throughout the movie of that song being used in the way that it's used feels a little bit forced. Mm-hmm. That might be harsh to say about the writing because it might, for some people, feel totally fluid and not like they're trying to create a moment. To me, mm-hmm. it felt a little bit like, oh, they're trying to create a powerful thing in the movie. Mm-hmm. But if it works for you, it works for you and you get to just love it. So yes. for your friend that loves this movie, it's super effective, which mm-hmm. I bet that other people that love this movie, that bit is totally effective for them and they don't see into it the way that I do. And your point that you made about that... Mm-hmm. Um, I want to put a pin in, and when we're talking about strengths and weaknesses, I want to remind you of that. Yes, please. Okay, the other things that I wrote for Iconic were her brother's outfits. I just Mm -hmm. feel like that would be a great Halloween costume. No one would know who you are. (laughs) But it would be funny. But it'd be funny. Her outfit is also Iconic. She wears Mm -hmm. the same thing every day. That was something I wanted to talk about because it's for us, the audience. Mm -hmm. Because my question seeing that, I was like, would she really pick the same thing every day? Because I get that she's repeating the same day, Mm -hmm. but the choosing the outfit part is not something that I would think would have to be repeated, right? So for me, watching that and watching it as a filmy person, Mm -hmm. thinking filmy things, I'm like, oh, that's a visual cue to us to remind us that it's the same thing over and over. Yes. Because it's such an aggressive outfit. It's white pants and a bright pink shirt. You can't forget it or get confused and be like, oh, it's a different pink shirt or it's a different flowery shirt, a different Mm -hmm. whatever, because it's not. It's a solid pink shirt. It's very distinct. Yes. So it tells us as the audience, remember, we're doing it over and over and over again. It's over and over and over. It's the same day over and over. Mm -hmm. You can see it visually so clearly. I think that's helpful to do for the audience. I agree. However, the outfit is just annoying. I find the outfit annoying. Yeah. Yeah. The outfit, there's also um, the same thing that it's like, this is for the audience, Mm -hmm. is every day she says to the waitress at the cafe, nice haircut. Yeah. but I like your new haircut. I like your new haircut. But unless the waitress is getting a haircut to look the same as she did every day, her, she wouldn't say nice haircut to her every single day because... But my thinking then is... Did she have really long hair the day before the accident, and then the day of the accident, the woman cut her hair really short or something? Okay, I will buy into that and let myself, like, get over that plot hole. Yeah. Uh, The line, nothing beats a first kiss. Mm -hmm. That line she says every time, and it's really, it's a sweet line, and I do think it's an iconic line from the movie, perhaps. Might be one that people think of a lot. This question I did notice, because two of my answers here are outfits, This question really lends to, what is the Halloween costume from the movie? I think that that's what the real question is here. I was thinking that this week as I wrote those answers. I think that this actually would be a very easy rom-com couple to go as for Halloween. Yeah. Because, like, Adam Sandler dresses so specific that it's clear it's Adam Sandler. And then you have the pink shirt, white pants, and it's clear that that's that character. Clear as day. So if you're like, I want a recognizable rom-com couple to be for Halloween. Here you go. This is your moment. Have fun. Back to the pan clocks, pancakes line. Mm -hmm. That bit is funny-ish. The I can't read part of it isn't Mm -hmm. super funny. It's very Adam Sandler humor. Mm -hmm. What makes it funny and makes it a strong bit is that then later we get the Mm -hmm. reveal 
she knew the whole time that he was faking it. She was just kind of letting him do his thing. She's like, I'll let you play your little bit and pretend you can't read, but I know you can. Yeah. Whatever. And he has one of my, I think, funniest lines in the movie mm-hmm. as he's walking, as she's, like, driving away. He goes, I really didn't know that I came before E. <laughs> Yeah, a key moment. There's yeah. some decent moments in this movie, despite the fact that we don't love it. Mm-hmm. Okay, Haley, is there a meat cute? <laughs> this movie is only meat cutes. It's every day. It's over and over. It's like all meat cutes. He sets up a bunch of different ones, mm-hmm. but they're all set up by him. So it's like, is it really a meat cute when he's creating the opportunity and whatever? Absolutely. It doesn't yeah. necessarily fit my definition of meet cute when it's repeated like yeah. that but these are for all intents and pur- purposes they're meet cutes yeah and it's a fun little trope it's a fun mm-hmm. montage and all of that yeah yeah it did make me think of meet cutes in general though mm-hmm. and i want to get your take on some because we've asked the question is it a meet cute is it not yes what makes a meet cute so i looked up like what are best meet cutes what okay, are some of them this. some of these are from lists some of these are ones i just want your opinion on the big sick. They meet by her heckling him. He's doing stand-up comedy. She heckles him, and then mm-hmm. they talk later. Is it a meet cute? Yes or no? I think yes. Okay, me too. Hitch, have you seen it? Yes. Do you remember how they meet? He, like, pulls her away from all the guys at the bar by saying she thinks she's a waitress. And then she ends up going just to talk to him. Yes? Really? I would think you would say no to that one. I'm hesitant on that one. Yeah, and I think that that's fair. I am too, because I really like that meeting, but it doesn't feel like it fits our definition we've created. Yes, and I think that that's something that I need to, like, when I'm defining a meet-cute, oftentimes I'm like, if I like the way they meet, I will call it a (laughs) meet-cute. Yeah, okay, so Hitch goes in that bucket. Okay, when Harry met Sally, they meet by a car ride set up by a friend. I don't think that's a meet-cute. Okay. I take the answer. I accept it. Mm -hmm. Just right. Have you seen Just Right? No. They meet at a gas station. He's a a famous basketball player. She's a massive fan, and she helps him with something. I need to watch this movie. I feel like I would love this movie. We've got to do it soon. It's so good. Crazy Stupid Love. This was listed as As a a good meet cute. Jacob and. I don't think that falls under the definition of meet cute. I don't either. They meet at a bar and if then I'm she comes back later. Hitch a meet cute. We can't call we crazy can't stupid call love. We can't call crazy stupid love a meet cute. Another one on here, my big fat Greek wedding. Yes. We've gone and done mm-hmm. that. We've talked about that meet cute. And then the wedding planner. The dumpster almost hits her. I think Classic yes. meet cute. That's like yeah. the meet cute. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Are we ready to move on or do you yes. have more to say? Um, I think that a meet cute is more about the intention for the of the movie maker for the audience okay. than it is about actually how they meet. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree with you. I think you're I think you're on to something there. <laughs> okay, what are the tropes and are they effective? Um we already talked about Groundhog's Day. Yeah. Amnesia. But amnesia. Yeah. And there's a bunch of examples we'll talk about later. Mm-hmm. It's he has to make someone you have to make someone fall in love with you over and over. Or someone loses their memory and then they finally let go of their past because mm-hmm. they can't remember it, and that opens them up to love. Yes. Those are kind of the two different things that I put in the amnesia trope mm-hmm. world. Reformed Bachelor. Yep. Which this movie opens the same way Just Go With It opens. Okay. That 
thank you for saying that, because I was about to ask you a question, which was the opening montage of this movie, does it feel weirdly familiar to you? Yeah, it's the same as Just Go and With It. And it's because it's the same as Just Go With which It. Which is also Hawaii. It also has a dentist in it. Mm-hmm. And it also is Adam Sandler. Yeah. Okay. It's the same thing, which I, I saw the opening of this movie, and I was like, dude, are you kidding me? Come on. Like, that's that, so lazy to use that same thing in two of your movies. That totally answers that question, because that was the first thing I wrote down, was this opening montage feels so familiar. Yeah. And I wonder if we've seen it elsewhere, too. And maybe this is, like, a bigger trope. And so mm-hmm. if this is a bigger trope that's been done over and over and over by a bunch of different movies, mm-hmm. I'm... I go a little bit gentler on mm-hmm. Adam Sandler for it being in two of his movies. Also, he didn't direct either of them, I don't think. Yeah. I believe he's probably a producer on both of them, but whatever. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. The Reformed Bachelor trope, I really love. I've said before, mm-hmm. Crazy Stupid Love is one of my favorite uses of it. Yes. But I have a hard time with it here because personally, we talked about this a while ago, I think last week with 27 Dresses. Mm-hmm. I want to find the rom-com leading man attractive. I don't find Adam Sandler to be attractive to me. Mm-hmm. I think if I liked his comedy, it would help, mm-hmm. right? Like, I need one or the other or something. Like, it's just, it's weird. So, yeah, I love that trope, but it doesn't work for me here because of that element. I don't mm-hmm. buy him as a Reformed. ladies' man, a bachelor, or whatever, you know? Yes. And it feels unnecessary to me. Yeah. Because in some ways, his character also hits the workaholic trope. Mm-hmm. Not really, mm-hmm. but I could make an argument for it. Yeah. He's, like, obsessed with his walruses. He mm-hmm. And, yeah. like, I could make... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I could make an argument that he's a workaholic. Yes, you could. If he's a workaholic, he doesn't have time for love, and then we don't even need the Reformed Bachelor element of this. I hadn't thought about it until you brought it up, but yeah, the Reformed Bachelor trope is so unnecessary to the story. It doesn't add anything to the plot. We get it mentioned a couple times by his friend Ula, which is a whole other problem to get into mm-hmm. that I don't know if we'll even touch on this episode. Yeah. But Ula mentions at some point, she's perfect for you because you only really like... To be with mm-hmm. a girl for a day, and then you mm-hmm. move on anyway. But still, like, then we move on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's weird. It's not necessary. The quirky job trope? Is yeah. being a vet a quirky job? What if you're a vet for a walrus? I think that it feels quirky because he works at an aquarium. Yeah. And is, like, friends with all the animals. Yeah. It feels like a quirky job thing. Normally yeah. it's, like, the girl that has the quirky job, mm-hmm. I feel like, but... This time well, him. she's an art teacher at a middle school, which... Super weird. I've never heard of that before. Is not a quirky job. <laughs> not at all. But I think because it's not a journalist, I feel like it's a quirky <laughs> job. Like, huh, how interesting like, and unique. Oh, no one's ever done that before. <laughs> I didn't know women could do that. Uh, he has a quirky best friend, Ula, who's mm-hmm. the best friend, sounding board, funky little guy who hates his marriage. Yeah. All of that is very tropey. Yes. The montage of falling in love. Mm -hmm. We get kind of a version of it where it's a montage of him re-meeting her every day and getting her to like him every day. Mm -hmm. And then we also get one, again, after the dad and brother get involved and Mm -hmm. say, knock it off. We get another montage of them falling in love, kind of. Right? Don't we get two? Yeah, we do. And I actually... I Something I really like about this movie is the Mm -hmm. way that they use montage to show time passing. Yeah. Yeah, you kind of need it because she wears the same thing every day, Mm -hmm. and it's supposed to be, like, the same day over and over. You need some help with 
figuring out timeline. Yeah. Yeah. Because we also have the meet cute montage, mm-hmm. which is less of a traditional montage, but I think it falls under that category. Yeah, it goes in there. Yeah. I put it in that zone. Crosstown Chase. Mm-hmm. He turns his boat around and goes to find her at the Institute because he heard the song and thinks that's a sign from the dad that she does remember him. Yeah. That whole thing feels odd. I didn't need that element of it. Mm-hmm. Also, him singing on the boat and crying was some of the worst acting we've seen so far. I have no words. I personally, I haven't seen Adam Sandler's new movies. Recently, Mm -hmm. he's put out some new movies where he is acting in more serious roles, Mm -hmm. and people have been saying it's really good. I personally haven't seen any of them. It's hard for me because I'm not a big fan of his comedy, so I'm Mm -hmm. not particularly inclined to go watch an Adam Sandler movie, even if it's a drama and it's different from what Mm -hmm. he's done before i'm just a little bit weary because i don't love it but i have heard that he's good in those and people like his acting great i would say this is some of the worst acting i've ever seen him crying on the boat is so bad i think it's played for comedy of course Mm -hmm. but still it doesn't work for me yeah i think that i have seen better acting from him Mm -hmm. like even if i'm just saying adam sandler performances Mm -hmm. it's not it's not his best no. <laughs> In fact, I might even say it might be his worst acting scene. Yeah. Crying on the boat. It took me out of the movie, for sure. Yeah. The big declaration of love. Mm-hmm. He says, you erased me from your memories because you thought you were holding me back from having a full and happy life, but you made a mistake. Being with you is the one way I could have a full and happy life. You're the girl of my dreams, and apparently I'm the man of yours. That's his speech at the end. Mm-hmm. Good. It's Good. a little declaration of trope. Declaration of trope. <laughs> It's a this is a declaration of trope. It's a declaration of love trope <laughs> moment. Uh, it doesn't really do much for me. I often love that trope because mm-hmm. it's normally in that trope is when you get an iconic line, mm-hmm. right? You'll get a big, beautiful moment, a good, iconic, cheesy, corny rom-com cliche. Mm-hmm. This one was just kind of wah-wah. It wasn't particularly special. It didn't feel like we earned it. Yeah. Because him being upset was not... Like, it didn't 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 feel feel genuine. Yeah. So, it didn't feel like we earned that declaration of love. Yeah. Another one is there are kids in this movie. Um, Mm. There's also animals in this movie. To me, the kids and animals are kind of used in the same way. Yeah. Where it's like, we need a punchline, quick! Yes. I had a problem with that, and when we get to Is It Funny, I'll bring up that example. Mm -hmm. That's where I have it in my notes. How is the chemistry? It actually was pretty good. Yeah, I wrote the same thing, and I wrote it in that same voice (laughs) in my head. (laughs) Yeah, I was kind of surprised. Mm -hmm. But then I was thinking about it. Oh, it makes sense. Mm -hmm. This is their second movie they did together. They've done three. Mm -hmm. They did The Wedding Singer in 1998, And then they did this movie in 2004, and then Blended in 2014. Mm -hmm. So clearly this is a chemistry that works for them and works for an audience because Mm -hmm. they kept making more. I do want to point out, The Wedding Singer, Rotten Tomatoes, 71% critic, 80% audience. Mm. This movie has 45% critic and 65% audience. So The Wedding Singer is, based on those numbers, it's considered a better movie. And I'm Mm -hmm. saying better in air quotes. Blended has a 15% critic score and a 64% audience score. So as they kept going, they went downhill, which is kind of how it goes when you make rom-coms over and over with the same person. People get tired of it. But this chemistry does work for people, Mm -hmm. according to 
what we're seeing here. And it worked for me. It was fine. Yeah. I love Drew Barrymore. I love Drew Barrymore. One of Drew Barrymore's strengths mm-hmm. as an actor is her reactions. Mm-hmm. And when you're watching someone that you don't necessarily personally find funny, mm-hmm. to see their scene partner genuinely enjoying their bits yeah. makes it work better. Absolutely. There's a couple moments, I pointed out that one earlier where she says the reveal Mm -hmm. of she knew he could read and he was doing a joke and he was trying to trick her. Mm -hmm. She's like, oh, I knew the whole time. There's another one where he's tricking her with the jumping the car. Oh, yeah. And he pretends he's being electrocuted. And then she says, my grandpa died that way. How Mm -hmm. could you? And then he says, oh, I'm so sorry. And he's like embarrassed and upset and he feels bad. And then she says, are you stupid? Like, why did you fall for that? Mm -hmm. A couple times we get that from her, which really helps us because it's her way of saying, like, I see through you. And Mm -hmm. we're, as the audience, then kind of given permission to see through it as well. Yes. Or acknowledge that we see through it and acknowledge that it is outrageous comedy. Mm -hmm. That's not necessarily what she's doing. She's not saying you're doing outrageous comedy. But in acknowledging those moments the way that she does, mm-hmm. it gives us permission to do that. Yes. Which you need when you're doing these kind of comedic bits. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This did make me think of some of the other rom-com pairings because Drew Barrymore and Adam Sandler have done three together. So what are some of the other pairings? Because I don't love... I, th- this pairing's fine, but I don't like Adam Sandler mm-hmm. personally. Not my favorite. So who are the other pairings that I do like... Do you want to see some examples, or do you want to tell me some of your favorites? Well, I will just say, like, everyone's... Not ever Bold of me to say everyone's. But when you think of, like, pairs of actors in movies, the first one that pops into my head, and I think a lot of people would agree, is Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone. Yes, but that is so generational. Really? Yes. Like, I, oh, I guess, yeah. Because you, know you know who it is. You know who it is. Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan. Oh, duh. Yeah. (laughs) But generationally, totally. And I have those on my list as Mm -hmm. one that is in a second category. I have the first list, which is rom-com pairings, Mm -hmm. which would be Meg Ryan and Tom Hanks. Absolutely. Julia Roberts and Richard Gere. Mm -hmm. Kate Hudson, Matthew McConaughey. Adam Sandler and Drew Barrymore. There's a couple others that are clearly rom-com pairs. Mm -hmm. Then there's duos that have played a couple multiple times together or have been in movies multiple times. Julia Roberts and George Clooney, mm-hmm. Emma Stone and Ryan Gosling, Anne Hathaway and Jake Gyllenhaal, Kate Winslet and Leonardo DiCaprio, Jennifer Lawrence and Bradley Cooper, Kristen Wiig and John Hamm. There's a bunch more. Mm-hmm. Also, yeah, there's a bunch <laughs> more. I love pretty much all of these pairings, I think. I don't know that there's one in here that I don't really like. I have my favorites in there. Mm-hmm. I would like to see Emma Stone and Ryan Gosling do more together. They've done three... I want more rom-coms of the two of them. I want to see them be silly. Yeah, I want to see them be silly. I want to see them fall in love. I want to see all of that. They have such good chemistry. Yes. There's a reason they've continued to work together. Another duo I want more of, Glenn Powell and Zoe Deutsch. That's what I was just about to say. Yeah, Yeah. and that's the duo that I think our generation agrees. We're like, please, more Mm -hmm. of them, more of them. And they're game to do it. They've said they both want to do it. It's just finding the projects and getting them made. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I wish that they were our stars in the hating game. Yeah. But there are two actors who love and appreciate the rom-com and see the value in it Mm -hmm. and have acknowledged it publicly. Yes. Which we don't often get to see. We've talked about Matthew McConaughey before and how he kind of publicly said some things about the Mm rom-com that were very looking down his nose at it and using it as a stepping stone for his career. That's fair. Like, whatever. If Mm -hmm. that's not your thing, that's fine. Please don't, like... 
Yeah. Please don't do that to us, yeah. though. Like, eh, keep it to yourself a little bit more. <laughs> but Glenn Powell is an actor who has been very successful and done serious roles mm-hmm. and all of that and also has love for the rom-com and has said, I'll mm-hmm. go back. I'll do more. I want to do more. He's working on another one right now with Sydney yeah. Sweeney. I'm excited to see more rom-coms from some of these people that really value the genre. Another person who I think really values the genre and is fun to see is Ashton Kutcher with Your Place or Mine coming out. Yeah. Hearing him talk about the rom-com in the news cycle recently has been fun. Mm-hmm. I really like Ashton Kutcher. He's good, and he does well in rom-coms. He's mm-hmm. done, actually, a surprising amount. Yeah. He's not someone that comes to mind when I think rom-com actors. Mm-hmm. He's actually done a lot. Whereas when we think of women, mm-hmm. I think of Kristen Bell as being a rom-com girl. Uh-huh. But as we discussed, she's only really done it one true rom-com as mm-hmm. the leading lady. A couple other ones in different, different kinds of roles and different levels of where it falls in the rom-com yeah. spectrum. But Ashton well, Kutcher is in Okay, yes. She <laughs> is in burlesque. Everyone's favorite movie. Oh, yeah. Okay, where else have we seen this story? We've seen... Well, just go with it. Yes. Um, <laughs> I have to point it, it out. It has so many similarities. So it doesn't many. have amnesia, but it has a lot of similarities. Yeah. Where have we seen amnesia, though? I have a couple. Yeah. The Vow. Mm-hmm. Overboard. Mm-hmm. While You Were Sleeping has kind of a different version of it, but it still has it. Yep. The Netflix movie Falling for Christmas, mm-hmm. the new one, and then there's a bunch of other Netflixy Hallmark style movies that have this trope. I'm not going to list all of them. Yeah, that would be pretty silly to do. If you want to know my personal favorite, yes, please. Twelve Dates of Christmas. Oh, I feel like I remember that one. Is that Amy Smart? I think so. That movie has a, a soft spot for that movie mm-hmm. in my heart. Yeah, she has a like breakdown in that movie, mm-hmm. and then cuts bangs and dyes her hair dark and oh. I hadn't seen that movie in a long time had recently gotten bangs and had recently dyed my hair brunette mm-hmm. and then like three different people were like Haley I have some news for you you're living the movie <laughs> yeah okay mm-hmm. next question is is it funny I mentioned we would come back to some things here mm-hmm. so for me Personally, mm-hmm. I didn't really find this movie very funny. I laughed a couple times, mm-hmm. but not the way that the movie wanted me to, and not as much as the movie wanted me to, or was trying to get me to. Yes. The comedy is dirty, but not like a sexual dirty. It's like a little boy, middle school boy mm-hmm. comedy. Exactly. Yeah. And what I had written down here was, this is a comedy first movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is where I was going to say the thing about the kids and Mm -hmm. the animals. There's a joke in the beginning of the movie, something about nympho, what does nympho mean Mm -hmm. or whatever. And they use the kids to make the joke. Like, they Mm -hmm. say that, and then the kids ask what that means, and he says it's the state bird of Ohio. Mm -hmm. That's the joke. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that I laughed, but I was like, huh, okay. Like, yeah, I get how that's funny. Mm -hmm. But that joke to me is just so tired, and it's so lazy. It's Mm -hmm. cheap. It's Mm -hmm. a cheap joke. It's an easy joke to write. It's not special. The same joke is made in the movie Grown Ups, which is another Adam Sandler movie. However, in that movie, it's the chocolate wasted moment, which has become iconic and also really sweet. I don't know if you know this. When Cameron Boyce passed away, Mm -hmm. Adam Sandler publicly came out saying that that line, the chocolate wasted joke, which Mm -hmm. is the most memorable thing from that movie, was actually Cameron Boyce's idea. 
And it was his line that he came up with, and then the other kid in the movie, a different kid in the movie, mm-hmm. says the line. Mm-hmm. But it was really cool to see Adam Sandler credit Cameron Boyce. It was yes. very sweet yeah. to have that moment. And the joke, Chocolate Wasted in Grown Ups, works, and it's it funny. Does. Yeah, people quote it, it mm-hmm. comes up. This version of the joke didn't work for me, and it was mm-hmm. too much. I think that was too far for a kid joke thing, for me personally. For some th- people, that's probably, like, whatever. Oh, yeah. I didn't love it. A lot of the joke writing in this feels like I've seen it before and it's not my taste. Yeah. Not my thing. There's, like, physical comedy mm-hmm. and there is gag comedy mm-hmm. characters that are just used for comedy and nothing else. The mm-hmm. Alexa character. At I, the beginning, the sequence with the temperature. Mm-hmm. I did laugh at that sequence. I thought parts of that were funny, where he says, check the temperature of the pool, and she jumps in the pool to check mm-hmm. the temperature. He's like, no, use the thermometer. Like, that was funny. That is funny. And then he tells her to get a fish from the barrel, and she dives into the barrel to get the fish. Like, mm-hmm. that whole bit is funny. And then it, the bit ends with him having the walrus throw up on her. And that's not funny. That's just gross, and yeah. I didn't want to see it. I didn't like it. I didn't laugh. Mm-hmm. No. I, yeah. I like, I'm not a throw-up fan. Like, keep it out of the movies, please. Mm-hmm. I don't need to see it. Yeah. Um, the whole Alexa character, I don't really want to get into. Yeah. It feels... There's things about that character that feel problematic and not done well, and mm-hmm. I don't feel qualified to speak on those things. Neither do I. I so, do think that the character... The thing that we can say, and we mm-hmm. probably both agree on, the character is kind of mean. Mm-hmm. Not the character themselves. Yeah. But using that character, writing that character, creating that character, mm-hmm. and using them for comedy is mean. Yes. To a, to a certain population of people. Yes. Right? Yeah. Yeah. We don't need to get into it all the way, but I think we can agree on that. Yeah. There's some other characters that have a similar effect. I think Ula, and mm-hmm. then there's some other things that we're not qualified to delve into. Yeah. Yeah. There but are... just know that characters like that exist when we get into the does it hold up question there's problematic elements of this film that are just like tricky to talk about Mm -hmm. that we're not qualified to there are a handful of little lines throughout Mm -hmm. the movie that are funny yeah i didn't write a bunch down but there were a couple moments i did have that experience of oh yeah there's some intentional writing here that is making me smile or giggle or i'm enjoying not a ton not as consistent as 27 dresses or the princess diaries 2 i think it boils down to those movies were really written with a female audience in mind, mm-hmm. whereas I don't feel like this movie was. And that is the big issue I have with it overall, is I don't feel like I'm the audience that was being considered. No, it feels like the boyfriends were being considered when yeah. this movie was created. Yeah. One of the other culturally insensitive things that I just want to point out and mm-hmm. say, we saw that and we're not cool with it, was yeah. the tattoo face Yeah. Thing. Yeah. The one thing that I was okay with about it is that the character Nick, who Adam Sandler's character Henry refers to as Tattoo Face, mm-hmm. Nick calls him, calls Henry Peanut Butter Cup, and Henry mm-hmm. calls him Tattoo Face, and it seems like they're having a friendly, joking relationship with each other. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, cool. However, facial tattoos are a cultural thing. Mm-hmm. Um, in some cultures, I know for sure the Maori people of New mm-hmm. Zealand and in Hawaii, mm-hmm. too. It's a native cultural thing, so mm-hmm. I don't really like making fun of it or making a joke out of it. It doesn't feel good. It, I don't feel comfortable watching yeah. it. Yeah. The... I don't love the way that Hawaiian people were treated in this movie. Yeah. Um, That's a big problem I had with the movie. And I don't love that it was too 
white people living in Hawaii. Yeah. But, like, those feel like really big things to, like, have conversations about that the movie clearly did not consider at all. Yeah. And I think part of that is this was made in 2004. Mm -hmm. Even though that is, well, that's almost 20 years ago. Whoa. Yeah. But even though, I mean, that's not that significant of Mm -hmm. an amount of time in the grand scheme of, like, film. Yeah. But right now, where we're at culturally and where we were 20 years ago are so Mm -hmm. different that, yeah. And this will come up again when we talk about casting, because I have a thought to share. And we can kind of dive into this a tiny bit more, but not too much more, because, again, we're not super qualified to talk about this Yeah. Another funny moment. When he uses the penguin to trick her, whatever. I just to bring this up. And he, like, she drives over the penguin. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't really like animal comedy, not my thing, but that one was funny because he asks the penguin after, yeah, did you shit your pants? And that made me actually laugh out loud. I yeah. thought that was a funny little line. I also loved that the penguin was wearing a little shirt in that scene. Yes. Very handsome, all dressed up. <laughs> little guy. I did write out some of the gag characters, right? Because these are mm-hmm. characters that are simply in the movie for comedy, and it generally doesn't work for me. Ula, Nick, the tattoo face as Adam Sandler's character calls him. Mm -hmm. Her brother is named Doug. He's totally used for comedy. Mm -hmm. I think he's a bit more effective. Yeah. Ten Second Tim, Alexa, those are the characters that we see that are just there to serve the comedy and Mm -hmm. they don't give us much else. Yeah. Some of them do give us other stuff and contribute more to the story, but not enough. Yeah. For me. Strengths and weaknesses. Okay. Are we ready? Yes. Okay. Strengths. I think the I, there are ideas in this movie that I think could make a good rom-com. Yes. I wrote that even though it is set up to be predictable because mm-hmm. it's the same day over and over, this movie isn't very predictable. No. I, at different points, couldn't see what was going to happen next. Like, I could guess, like, oh, I think that her brother and her dad are maybe going to get involved. But I couldn't tell you, oh, they're going to drive up and it's going to be right now and then this is what they're going to do. I was just like, I think that something will probably happen there and there's going to be another conflict, but I don't know what's going to happen next, really. It's very true. I didn't know what was going to happen next. I think that the, I I like the idea of a veterinarian as a job. Like, I feel like that's one we don't see a lot as a quirky job and it, I kind of like it. Mm -hmm. Um... There's a lot of, like, elements to this movie that I'm like, place that in a different rom-com and I would love that. Yeah. I have a handful of things written here, kind of random Mm -hmm. strengths and weaknesses. My main weakness was Adam Sandler's humor, his comedy. It's not for me. Yeah. And I personally, as I said, he's not someone I find generally, like, an attractive guy that Mm -hmm. I want to see in a rom-com. But the strength in that could be that he's a more normal guy, a more average guy Mm -hmm. who is getting lots of girls he's the reformed bachelor Mm -hmm. so it's all about personality so like okay that's cool i guess you know i'm really trying to pull whatever i can for strength here absolutely the first meeting that they have when he talks about his work he's really passionate about his work which we've said before is a strength when we see the passion about your job both of them dancing individually after their first meeting is very cute. And that's part Mm -hmm. of the sweetness of the movie. Mm -hmm. That's the biggest strength is the sweetness, right? Like, so good. So sweet. Mm -hmm. The care, the amount that, the amount that he is willing to give Mm -hmm. for her is a strength of this movie. Yes. 
the end scene with the paintings and the dreams, all of that Mm -hmm. feeds into that sweetness. The sweetness is in this whole concept of he is willing to put everything aside, Mm -hmm. give up his life that he expected and all of this normalcy Mm -hmm. to be with her and love her and take care of her and Mm -hmm. ultimately marry her. Yeah. In the end, they get married and they have a baby and there's like a kid. Yeah. It's really cute. It is cute. The sweetness is all in there and it's the biggest strength of the movie is that there Mm -hmm. are three male characters, her dad, her brother, and Henry, Mm -hmm. three men who put everything aside to just care for and love Mm -hmm. this woman. That's awesome to see on screen and unusual. Yeah. Yeah, it's really wonderful. One of the things that's great is it's pointed out even. Her dad asks him, I think it's her dad, what's in it for you? Like, why Mm -hmm. do you keep getting her to meet you every day? Like, what are you getting out of this? And he says, wouldn't you want to spend an hour a day with that? Like, talking about her singing Mm -hmm. and just her. That is so lovely. Yes. He just wants to spend an hour a day with her. That's all he needs. That's what he's after. And that's joy for him. Mm Mm-hmm. That's where I'm like, oh, maybe this isn't a movie with the man in mind because his goal isn't sex, which is what we often see with a male comedy. Mm-hmm. When we're doing the romance thing, that's like their yeah. little bit that they do. They really pull that element in, and they don't really do that here. No, it's like frat boy humor, mm-hmm. but then there's this core of like sweetness mm-hmm. that it feels like they should clash. Yeah. I think that that's what people hold on to is that Mm -hmm. sweetness. That's what gets people and makes people love this movie. Yeah. Totally. But it is that conflict. Mm -hmm. And this is another example of that conflict. This is so odd to me. It's a strength, but it's also a weakness. It's very weird. And I was conflicted about this moment in the movie. When he goes on a date with um, Missy Pyle, that's the actress. I don't think the character (laughs) really has a name. Yeah. And she gets drunk But Mm -hmm. then he reveals he isn't actually getting women drunk. He takes them and has them drink non-alcoholic drinks, but they think they're getting drunk, so they, like, kind of act like they're drunk. But he... So that they will have energy and not get passed out so that he can sleep with them all Uh night. So I'm like, okay, so you're not date-raping them. That's good. But But this is still weird. I don't like this. This feels blurry. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I'm like, you don't get a gold star just because you aren't getting them drunk. You know? (laughs) Weird. Yeah. The other thing that's conflicting is his persistence. Because I'm like, is it a weakness because he won't leave her alone and take no for an answer? Or is it a strength because he is so into her and likes her so much that he keeps going and he won't give up? Mm -hmm. I I think that it is that persistence mm-hmm. is one of those things that if it happened in real life, it's a weakness. In a rom-com, it's a strength. Totally. That's it. That sums it up. That answers the question. Yeah. One of the other strengths is that it made me think of the movie Blue Crush, and I really like the movie Blue Crush. <laughs> so true. While I was watching this, I was really trying to pull anything that I could. No, I, I had that. a hard time with this one. Yeah. Another strength, very similar to the last one, Hawaii is beautiful, and it has a beautiful culture that we get glimpses of. Mm-hmm. The weakness is that The way we get glimpses of that culture is a weakness. Exactly. But the fact that that culture is present is a strength. Mm -hmm. I already kind of touched on it, but her brother, that character, he's Mm -hmm. so game to participate in the fraud Mm -hmm. to protect his sister. It's awesome. He's also protective of her against Henry, which is sweet that her brother loves her so much and it's so visible on screen. Yes. I love it. I think the... And you already said it, but I think the brother is the strongest used for comedy bit character Mm -hmm. that we've seen, I would even say, in a rom-com so far. Yeah, I agree. The 
together time. I've mm-hmm. talked about this before. This is something I love in a rom-com, when they get together time. Yes. Time together as a couple, whatever, them mm-hmm. in love, them actually being together. I love it. This movie gives us that, kind of, because it's not a growth of their relationship. It is for him, and it kind of is for her because she's being told, like, no, you're in a relationship with this mm-hmm. guy, whatever. Every morning she gets her tape and her journal. Yes. And she remembers elements. She doesn't remember, but she's told. Mm-hmm. So, in a way, we're getting together time, but it doesn't have the same effect for me. It's not as strong. Yeah, there is one scene that feels like such strong together time to me that I Mm -hmm. made note of as being a strength, and that's the first time that they hang out in the afternoon. And it's Mm. like they're out in the field, and he's, like, looking at her, and he's like, I just never get to see you during this time of day. Yes. And I just think that's so sweet. It's really cute. Yeah. And he has a joke in there where he says something about, you just look horrible in this lighting, (laughs) which is actually a funny joke that I laughed at. Yeah, because then it pans to her and she looks, like, stunningly beautiful. Yes. I liked that bit. That kind of joke often works for me. Mm -hmm. I like the, the kind of poking at each other. Yes. I find that to be kind of endearing from time to time. The redo sequence, mm-hmm. it's those repeated elements, right? It's a fun visual sequence. It's something that you want to see visually play out on screen. Like, when you find out that her dad is setting up every day for mm-hmm. her with the pineapple and with the painting the workshop white and the newspaper, mm-hmm. as soon as you hear about the newspaper, that's, like, the one thing you hear about, I think. Yeah. Then you're like, oh, my gosh, I want to see how they do it. I w- how do they do it? I want to see behind the scenes yes. of this elaborate production that they do and you get to see it you get to see them put in the vikings game Mm -hmm. and yeah yeah and they rewrap the birthday present they get the pineapple out of the freezer Mm -hmm. he puts a little more shampoo in the shampoo bottle yeah it's a whole production to trick her into thinking she doesn't have amnesia one of the other strengths the last one i'll talk about is the way that henry helps her also Mm. helps her family I really like that sweetness of this guy comes in and they're, like, not sure about him at first. And then Mm -hmm. ultimately, he ends up being a good thing for everybody and really helping the whole family move through this accident and move through this trauma that the family experienced together. Yeah. It's such a wildly outrageous comedic movie that that element of it kind Mm -hmm. of gets pushed to the bottom and you kind of could miss it. Yeah. But I feel like that's a really powerful thing. I totally agree. Yeah, I appreciated that in the movie. Just because as we're talking about the family and the sequences there, just something I want to make sure that we bring up, is he makes the video mm-hmm. of, like, here's some things you missed in the past Oh, year. I know where we're going. And it has, like, different world events that happened, and then it says, and the Red Sox won the World Series. Just kidding. Yes. Which is funny because this came out in 2004 and is Drew Barrymore, and then in 2005, just a year later, we have Fever Pitch, also mm-hmm. with Drew Barrymore. When the Red Sox actually won the World Series. Yeah. So that's just like a fun little... A funny little thing in there yeah. that you can think about. It's fun, it's fun to notice, yeah. for sure. It's yeah. definitely like, it stood out to me because I was like, it's Drew Barrymore. So I was thinking yeah. about Fever Pitch. And, yeah. It's yeah. like an in-joke, but on accident. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. Okay, is the casting good? Who could make it better? This is a hard one to say, like, mm-hmm. who could make it better? Yeah. Because Adam Sandler's comedy is so specific. But, but it's basically saying, like, okay, let's take this concept mm-hmm. and then make it a more traditional rom-com. Yes. And so I have two answers. Okay. If we were to be making this exact same movie mm-hmm. and all of the comedy had to stay exactly the same, mm-hmm. the only other actor I could see doing it is Jack Black. 
Oh, yeah. And I think it might be a little bit... More palatable. More palatable, yes. Yeah, you're on to something there. If we are able to tone back the comedy a little bit, make it more traditional... Mm -hmm. More of like a Renaissance-style Absolutely. I would say either... I want to put in the classic standby, when in doubt, Mm -hmm. Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. I have a couple names here. I said George Clooney... Matthew mm-hmm. McConaughey, mm-hmm. and then I said Jimmy Fallon. He does a similar type of humor, but in a more palatable way. Yeah. And he and Drew Barrymore had ke- great chemistry and fever yeah. pitch. So I'm like, that's kind of a lazy answer. That's kind of a cop-out. Mm-hmm. But George Clooney can play kind of a cocky, smug guy, yeah. but so lovable. And George Clooney has done some rom-coms, but not a mm-hmm. ton. I would have loved to have seen more rom-coms with him during this era. Absolutely. Yeah. I think you put George Clooney in there, and it... If it was George Clooney, I would expect them to lean farther into the Reformed Bachelor. Yes. George Clooney is... I don't think we often think of it, but George Clooney is very funny. Mm-hmm. He has great comedic timing, and he's so good at so much that it's like, you don't need to give another thing to him, but mm-hmm. he's really good at that. And it would be cool to see him in a in a rom-com like this, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Matthew McConaughey, I know you're not a fan of, but he could totally play this role. He, he totally and do could. it in the more renaissance mm-hmm. style. This is my other suggestion. Oh, I have two women. Isla Fisher and Mandy Moore. I'll give you my reasoning. Isla Fisher could play this role really well because there's a problem with this character, which is that it's very easy to play this type of role ditzy. Mm-hmm. It's very easy to confuse amnesia and a brain injury with stupid. Yeah. The character isn't stupid. She has a brain injury. Mm-hmm. She has amnesia. Yeah. So you don't play it stupid, but you can play it a little bit funky like yeah it could so easily go wrong in the wrong hands and i think that isla fisher has an ability to play a ditzy type of character mm-hmm. without it feeling like she's looking down her nose at the character or making the character stupid making the character the joke mm-hmm. she's very gifted at that and i would love just more isla fisher yeah i like her a lot mandy moore has a similar thing not the same but very similar mm-hmm. she's played the mean girl yet you still love mandy moore she's able to play a character that has some not awesome stuff mm-hmm. and make you like her. So I'm like, oh, she could probably take on the challenge of playing a character that could easily be seen as stupid mm-hmm. and not make her stupid. I think she's capable of it. And again, Mandy Moore's great. Here's my proposition. Here's what I really want to talk about Yeah, with casting. That's a fun little exercise, but I like the idea of the next rom-com that takes place in Hawaii mm-hmm. being made by Hawaiian people yes starring hawaiian people Mm -hmm. that would be nice yes there are movies out there that are made by native Mm -hmm. hawaiians and that star native hawaiians that's great and i couldn't find any that were rom-com the one movie i did find that i wanted to point out Mm -hmm. is kuleana or maui it has two titles and here's a little quote about it it is a movie that is working in a genre that doesn't exist yet which is hawaiian and making a movie about a people for whom there are few Yeah. Yeah. So I think that we need to create space for Hawaiian stories Mm -hmm. if we're going to be taking advantage of Hawaii as a setting for these movies. Absolutely. Yeah. Again, this isn't a topic that we really are qualified to delve into super deep, but I do want to point out that there's a lot of rom-coms that take place in Hawaii. There Mm -hmm. is Mike and Dave Need Wedding Dates, Forgetting Sarah Marshall, Aloha, Just Go With It, Blue Crush, and Fifty First Dates, of course. Mm Mm-hmm. 
All of those have, I think, at least a Hawaiian character, Mm -hmm. but normally those characters are very, like, secondary, tertiary, Mm. below that even, not in a leading role, so it would be really cool to see that happen. Yeah. And I hope that it does. Um, this did make me think. Jason Momoa in a rom-com. I'll leave you with that. What movies does this feel similar to? If you liked Blank, you'd like this. Just go with it. If you liked this, you like Adam Sandler comedy. Mm-hmm. There are so many. There's some options for you, uh-huh. but just go with it, I think, is your best bet. Uh-huh. And just go with it is pretty good. I actually mm-hmm. like that movie. I think if I watched it again, I'd be more critical, especially if I watched it for the podcast. Absolutely. But I like that movie better than this one. Yeah, and I think that's another thing to point out is... When watching movies for the podcast, Mm -hmm. we're watching it with a different eye. Yeah. And so it makes it so that, like, nostalgic sweetness that I think makes people like this movie is something that we don't get to until we're really analyzing it. Mm -hmm. Like, that is an element, but we're looking at all these other elements of this movie, too, that are a little bit harder Mm -hmm. to look at. What was the cultural impact I have three things here, and they're all very similar. Mm -hmm. It's part of Drew Barrymore's rom-com filmography. Mm -hmm. It's part of Adam Sandler's filmography, Mm rom-com filmography, I suppose. And it's part of the male rom-com movement. Yes. And this is where I have my soapbox. So I want to give you a moment. Do you have anything to share about cultural impact before I jump off a cliff with a whole bunch of words? I don't think so, but I. the only thing I will say is, like, this was an impactful rom-com if we look at the box office numbers. Yes. Totally. And this is one that I think a lot of people do love. Mm -hmm. This is a favorite. This shows up on lists for people of their favorite movies, their favorite rom-coms. There's a following for this movie. Okay. This movie is part of that male rom-com movement, Mm -hmm. which brings me to the topic of genre, the Mm -hmm. topic of rom-com as a genre, and a big part of what this podcast is. The rom-com is for women. Mm-hmm. The rom-com is a genre that's disappearing. So we had a bunch of male-led rom-coms during this moment in time. Some of them we've mentioned. Fever Pitch, Hitch, 51st Dates, Wedding Crashers. That's great. There's a difference, though. Fever Pitch and Hitch, like I said, I feel like those ones have a female audience in mind. They're at the, the female audience is at the forefront mm-hmm. of the mind when you're making those movies. This movie doesn't feel like that. This movie feels like the male audience is placed at the front of the mind... And it's a male type of comedy, right? Mm-hmm. I do want to say, though, this movie can be for women. There are women that like this type of comedy. Absolutely. And that's awesome, right? All women aren't the same. We don't <laughs> all have the same taste and yeah. interest and in all of that. That's great. It's the same thing with Marvel, right? Mm-hmm. Marvel is a genre of movie, action movies, Marvel movies, whatever. Mm-hmm. All of those are made with a male audience kind of at the forefront of the mind. Yes. Women still enjoy those movies. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Right? But... If we look at the spectrum of, like, the audience, the mm-hmm. audience makeup, more often the audience for a rom-com is going to be female-dominated. The audience for a Marvel movie will be male-dominated. Yes. Generally, I think that that's, that's true to say. So, in theory, I like this idea. I like that we're bringing men into the rom-com conversation and we're making movies that are rom-coms that are for them. Awesome. I absolutely want men to watch rom-coms and to enjoy them. But we have a hard time sharing our space when those other spaces are not often shared, right? Mm. We totally have Marvel movies that are for women. We have had female-led Marvel movies. It took us way too long to get there, but we have them. Mm -hmm. When the rom-com space, when the space that these 
movies are coming into is one that has often been looked down on or made to feel less than or has been kind of made fun of, Mm -hmm. it's hard to want to share that space. Like we said, I feel like this movie is kind of making fun of the rom-com without being part of the joy of it and partaking in the fun and the positivity of the environment. I don't feel like they're really in it. I feel like they're making fun of it. I don't know that that was their intention, but that was the feel I got. And maybe that's not a universal feeling from this movie, Mm -hmm. but I personally did feel that way. It doesn't feel to me like the rom-coms that are male audience, kind of like this one in Wedding Crashers, Mm -hmm. I don't feel like they're going to have an effect of men saw those rom-coms and then said, cool, I like rom-coms now. I'm going to watch (laughs) rom-coms. Like, Mm -hmm. if we're trying to bring in a new audience, I don't think we're going to do that effectively. Unless we keep making rom-coms like this one, which to me would feel like men taking over the genre, which is really hard to be okay with when the genre is already fighting to keep its space in Mm -hmm. the film landscape. Yeah. Right? It's just tricky. I also don't think that we're that male audience that's going to come in is going to appreciate the building block, foundational movies of the genre. Perhaps they're going to like When Harry Met Sally. That's a pretty universally beloved movie. It's hard not to like that movie. But I think they're going to have a harder time with movies like 27 Dresses, mm-hmm. The Proposal, The Wedding Date, any movies like those. I mean, The Wedding Date is kind of hard to put with those other two, but mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Like, yes, it's hard to imagine they're going to be super on board with all of our movies. If we had an exchange program, perhaps, <laughs> I would feel a little bit more okay with it. Mm-hmm. However, that brings in another element where I'm like, okay, one for you, one for me. Okay, you get one male rom-com, we get one female action movie, whatever. But that brings in a bigger question of audience and this idea of equality gone wrong, which sounds ridiculous because I'm talking about rom-coms, but mm-hmm. really we're talking about where, how, and when women are considered. It just happens to be that we're talking about where, how, and when women are considered as an audience for media, and that means rom-coms are involved. Mm -hmm. I don't think that the rom-com audience is wanting a big-budget female action movie or adventure or whatever. We want the same amount of money funneled into those types of movies to be funneled towards the rom-com genre. Mm -hmm. At least that's what I think we're kind of working towards and hoping for maybe a little bit. I think that also, like... We're not saying the female audience as a whole. We're Mm -hmm. saying the rom-com audience. Yes. Which I know plenty of women that would be thrilled to have that big-budget action movie starring a woman. And I would be excited about it, too, but it it wouldn't feel like it was a movie for me. Exactly. So the rom-com audience is a subsection of people Mm -hmm. that wouldn't necessarily want that. Yeah, This is such a crazy tangent, and I'm going to keep going. Love. A couple weeks ago, we talked about The Princess Diaries 2, maybe even just a week ago. I can't keep track of anything. I mentioned Shrek, because that was on the top grossing. And Princess Diaries 2 and this movie is the same year. So if you remember the top grossing list I mentioned today, it's the same one. I believe it was Shrek 2 that was number one on the list, or Mm -hmm. way up there. When we talked about Princess Diaries 2, I said something about Shrek where I said, um, Shrek couldn't have been a girl. And then I didn't elaborate, but I'm going to do that today. (laughs) This is hilarious, I know. Okay, I wish I made the point better, so I'm going to do my best here. Women and girls have had to relate to male characters for a very long time. Mm -hmm. That's, like, the point I'm trying to make. Like, men could try this practice, too. We could have boys try this practice, too. We've made progress here. I'll talk about that, too. But why could girls enjoy Shrek and relate to the character, but boys couldn't enjoy The Princess Diaries, too, and relate to that character? 
That's a tough question, mm-hmm. and it's kind of got an answer, which is partly because the story of The Princess Diaries 2 is inherently female. Mm-hmm. It's about feminism, and it's harder for a boy to relate to that struggle and that story, right? Yeah. However, boys should still be able to watch that movie and appreciate it and kind of get the messaging, and it should, you yes. know, get yeah. in there and, you know, teach them a couple things, whatever. Mm-hmm. But it is this practice of girls watch princess movies and boys don't really watch princess movies Again, generalizations. Huge generalizations. Absolutely. I'm But girls can watch Shrek. Girls mm-hmm. and boys can both watch Shrek, which is a male character. So it's like mm-hmm. this relating and stretching that girls have been doing forever and ever and ever. And we haven't asked men and boys to do that kind of stretching nearly as often. Absolutely. I think that a good example of a company doing a good job of doing the stretching mm-hmm. is... Um, and I'll like... I love Newsies. Mm -hmm. And so I know all the history of that musical and that movie. And when Newsies the movie was made, it was Disney saying, we need to pull in the young boy. Mm -hmm. But we don't want to lose our viewers Mm -hmm. that are already watching our movies, which is the young girl. Mm -hmm. So they made a movie about boys, Mm -hmm. but they made it a musical and they made it about tap dancing, which is something that they know their young girl viewers enjoy watching. Mm -hmm. It's a very interesting thing to talk about, and it's this relating to characters that don't look like you concept, mm-hmm. which I've been saying in here that girls have had to do this for a lot longer than boys have. We've had some movies like Inside Out, Frozen. These are bigger mm-hmm. movies these days for kids, and those are both female characters that mm-hmm. boys have watched those movies and liked them, and they've been able to find a way in and a way to relate. That's great. Yeah, I have to point out, I cannot not say this. This whole concept of being able to relate to characters that don't resemble you applies way more and is arguably Mm -hmm. way more important of a conversation to have regarding race and ethnic diversity and all of that. Yes. That's all. We're not going to dig in there, but this whole concept Mm -hmm. fully relates there and is more important to be talked about in that world. Anyway, I do want to point out here. I think that Adam Sandler likes the rom-com, and he appreciates the genre, and that he does value it because he's made several rom-coms. Absolutely. I think that he's actually a really good person, too. Uh-huh. His comedy is just not for me. I love that he's made rom-coms. I really appreciate it. I wish that his rom-coms didn't feel insulting to me. I feel mm-hmm. like he is looking down on the rom-com and making fun of it in a way that doesn't work for me, and he's not considering the female audience. That bothers me. I do feel like he is making rom-coms for him, Mm -hmm. which I love that we have a man who wants to make a rom-com for himself. Like, that's exciting that he feels that way about Mm rom-coms. And also, I'm the target audience, so I want you to make it a little bit for me. It needs to be a little bit for me. Mm -hmm. Yes. It's a tricky topic, and it's one that I think we'll keep talking about as we talk about more Mm -hmm. male rom-coms, male-led rom-coms. And there's space in this genre for everybody, as there should be. But it's just tough when it doesn't feel like there's space for us and all the other genres. And I know that there is. I've seen it. I've seen those movies. I get it. But this genre is so specifically and intentionally for Mm -hmm. women that we have to remember that. And I think there's a really easy fix. And that is make more rom-coms. Yeah. Make an abundance of rom-coms. Yeah. And then everyone will be represented. It'd be great, wouldn't it? (laughs) What a beautiful world we could live in. That's our main mission. Make more rom-coms. Make more rom-coms. Okay, let's wrap it up. Are you ready? Yes. Does it hold up? 
No. Not really. It's got a lot of problematic elements Mm -hmm. that are hard to get past. Yeah. The sweetness of the story kind of saves it. Yes. It helps. It makes it more palatable, a little bit easier. Mm -hmm. But still, this movie doesn't doesn't really hold up in the way that we mean when we ask that question. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of, I think, asking the question of, without major changes to the script, would this be made today? Yeah. And the answer to that is no. Correct. Would you recommend it? Probably not. Yeah, me neither. Unless someone has an Adam Sandler sense of humor. Yeah. Unless I know that that's their favorite type of comedy. But even then, I'd be like, you've probably seen this. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to recommend it to you. Yeah. I would have a hard time recommending this just because because of those problematic elements. If Mm -hmm. I recommend this to someone and then they watch it, I wouldn't want them to think that I'm cool with that. Yeah. So that's where it's hard to recommend. I do understand, though, that something and someone has to be the butt of the joke, right? Mm -hmm. And there's a way to do that that is kind to that group or that person or that thing. And there's a way to do Mm -hmm. it that feels insulting. And I think that this was an era when we hadn't really made accommodations yet. And we hadn't considered that. That there was a way to do it gentler. Yeah. Yeah. Would you watch it again? Probably not. Yeah, me neither. I said if it's on in a group setting, I will probably wander in and out of the room. That is exactly yes. Right? Yes. Yeah, I'm not going to be paying attention to the movie. No. Yeah. Okay, overall grade A through F. A C minus. I gave it a C. I said that the sweetness keeps it together, but Mm -hmm. I can't get into the love story. Yeah. I'm locked out of the love story, and that makes it really hard for me to give it a good grade as a rom-com. Absolutely. Yeah. And the humor isn't for me. It has some problematic elements and Mm -hmm. characters and all that, but... I do see the value in this movie for diehard fans of it. Absolutely. I get it. It gets a passing grade, mm-hmm. but it's not top of any class. Yeah. I get what you guys like about it. I get it. Yeah, absolutely. I'm glad they made it for you. Thanks for listening to Rom Commentary. We'll be back next Wednesday to break down another rom-com. To find out what movie we're talking about next or to share your thoughts on these movies, you can follow us on Instagram at rom.commentary. Special thanks to Megan Hayes for providing our theme music. We'll be back next week with more rom commentary.